0: Disgraceful, deflating, awful, embarrassing. Whatever your favorite adjective is, they'll probably describe this loss that the Saints just had to the Bucks, 17 to 16, season's officially over. I have a lot to say. I'm sure you do too. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. And I'm going to be real, real fucking honest with you. The last hour, I'm sitting there putting together my prep notes. And I'm talking about how good the defense looks. I'm talking about Andy Dalton actually dealing out there, making some really good plays. Some some drops, and we'll talk about the drops for sure. And then, in the fourth quarter, Mark Ingram goes out of bounds. About a yard short of the first down line to gain... And he had room. The, the nearest tackler wasn't going to get him. He could have got the first down. And I tweeted, I said, did Mark Ingram really run out of bounds before the first down marker? LOL. That's what I tweeted, word for word. And people said, oh, but he's hurt. Oh, but Chris this, that. Oh, they could have picked it up. The game changed on that exact play. And you may think that's an exaggeration, but what happened? Bucks go down and score. Saints go three and out. Bucks go down and win. This season's over. It's, it's so typical of the Saints. And I'll say the first thing that comes to my thought my head when this, this loss happens clarity, because the season's over, there's no more talking about, Hey, look, they could put a run together or the NFC South's up for grabs. You just lost in the most embarrassing fashion out of any team that has lost a game this year, more embarrassing than the jets with that punt return to the Patriots. More embarrassing than a tie between the Giants and Commanders yesterday. This was the most embarrassing result of the NFL season. You dominate a team for 54 minutes, and in the last six minutes, you just choke? It's pathetic. The coaching staff, I would say they should walk home, but that means they're allowed to go back to New Orleans. They shouldn't be allowed to go back in New Orleans. Some of the players on this team, I don't know, man, particularly the running backs. What fucking effort was that late in the game? What was that? I, I, I don't know what I'm watching. And enough of the drops. Jarvis Landry, big drop. Chris Olave dropped early in the game. Huge drop from Taysom Hill on a dime that if, if he catches that ball, do the Saints win? Maybe. Very possible. Totally inept. I, I was coming into this show so excited to talk about a lot of things. I was going to talk about the defense and how they're playing elite football again. And they were, they were elite for 54 minutes. The last six minutes, they wet their pants. That, that's what they did. I was going to talk about Rashid Shaheed and how he was arguably the player of the game for the first half, which he was. He was fantastic. I'm sitting here talking about how I want to make some T-shirts that say I feel the need, the need for Rashid Shahid, but I can't even say that now, even though I just did, because my first thought is the Saints have to fire everyone. You could call it rash. I really don't give a fuck. There's no way you can come in tomorrow with a freaking straight face and say Dennis Allen should be your head coach. Dominated a team for 53 minutes settle for a field goal there settle for a field goal here call a pass play on third and one does Taysom hill not exist in those situations do you not have better ideas you let a team hang around that had no business hanging around and guess what now you're the fucking loser who has to sit there on tuesday getting mocked by everyone and rightfully deserve the saints deserve to get mocked tomorrow and honestly i hope they do because maybe more pressure will make this stupid fucking organization realize that continuity doesn't win you football games Good coaching wins you football games. And right now the Saints have one of the bottom five coaches in the NFL. He, he's just a schmuck. He's a schmuck. He just sits there on the sideline. They make stupid decisions. Was anyone else watching that last two-minute drive from the Buccaneers and thinking, are the Saints going to save any time for themselves? No. Just let the clock wind down. You got to assume whether you like it or not that the Bucs were going to score. And you had all three timeouts. So maybe we'll manipulate the clock where you have 45 seconds for yourself. 40 seconds, 30 seconds, something, not three seconds in a prayer, which thank God, you know, Kamara just ran right into the defense anyway. So that's fine. It didn't matter. They couldn't have any lateral luck there. So I just don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. I'm lost. I have no answers for you other than this coaching staff shouldn't be allowed on the flight back to new Orleans. Shouldn't shouldn't I don't know how you lose that game. I talked about it with John Hendricks before in the pregame show, we both picked the saints to win and I'm gonna be honest, throughout the game, I kept sitting there and I'm like, wow, I feel really validated about my pick. And I did because you watch the Buccaneers. They're a bad football team. They're a bad football team. The teams they've beat this year, so of the Saints. Whoop de doo, they beat the Rams. Who has who hasn't beaten the Rams this year? Everyone's taking their turns on them. It's ridiculous. The Bucs are a bad football team. And you lost. You got swept by them. You are four and nine. Four and nine. Dennis Allen was a loser when the Saints hired him as a head coach. In terms of history, he's a loser right now. They are four and fucking nine. And I'm I'm not going to waste any more of my time this season ranting about stuff because the season ended today. The season ended today. Any hopes you had died. So the message is very clear. And I'm going to say this, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. At this point, any wins the Saints have this season are going to be detrimental because that gives them the idea to say, well, maybe D.A.'s not that bad. No, no, no. He's all bad. He's bad. Pete Carmichael does some good, and then he does some stupid. Every time I want to say Pete Carmichael's cooking, he does something incredibly fucking stupid. Third and one, you're throwing the football? What are we doing? You're calling up plays that you run for Michael Thomas? Last time I checked, Michael Thomas has not played since September. Why are you calling that play? Straight stupidity. Straight stupidity by a team that deserves to lose. The only aspect of this game you get off free, special teams. I thought Blake punt punted well, and Will Lutz was was great from 20 yards because God forbid they have the balls to go for it instead of kicking a field goal. And while I sat there in the fourth quarter, one thought that went to my head, Sean Payton was the coach, this game would have been over. Would have been over about two hours ago. I was sitting there watching the game, and I'm like, man, this game might end at 1045 Eastern because it was really rolling. And the Saints said, no, it, this is going too well, sixteen to three. Let's make it close. And as a fan, sure that 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 pessimism could come in, right? Where you are up thirteen, and the Bucks get the ball back, and that doubt starts to creep in. Is Brady going to do it? But the fact that it did happen, though, it's it really is grounds for blowing this whole thing up. The bye week's coming up. Why not get rid of Dennis Allen now? Seriously, why not get rid of him now? Let the next guy who's going to work with them for the next four games figure it out. You got four games left. You play the Falcons. Don't know if you win that one. You play the Browns and Deshaun Watson's back. Don't know if you win that one. You play the Eagles. Good luck. Good luck for the Eagles game. Good luck. So I, I don't I don't know where this team goes from here. I don't. I don't. The, the one solution is if you fire DA, all of a sudden, you get a watch. I get a watch. We sit there and we're like, okay, there's a path to getting back on the right track. But until that happens, we are destined to watch a team that makes the same mistakes over and over again. And when you try to love them, you try to give them a little bit of love. And I tried today, man. They forced two turnovers. DA was showing some emotion. Cam Jordan was showing emotion. Tyre Matthew made some big plays today. Marcus May had a touchdown saving tackle. There were moments today where I should sit here today on the podcast and talk about how a five and eight Saints team has a chance to steal the worst division in football. And now we're talking about the Saints being in the bottom of the basement for the worst division in football, giving up a top five pick because the one man who I've let get off the hook a little bit too much before I get to all your comments is Mickey Loomis. But if Dennis Allen's to blame for a lot of stuff, the man who hired him, the man who assembled this roster, I think he deserves some blame too. I think what's fair is fair. And I think I've let him Mickey get off the hook a little bit too much this season. I'm constantly ripping DA. I'm constantly ripping P. Carmichael. Mickey Luma's been showing his ass out here too with some of the, the way this roster's put together. It, it's it's the truth, whether we like it or not. And it really pains me because I, I I show you my phone right now. I'm sitting here throughout the game putting down my notes for the podcast. And all the points that I really want to talk about, they're stupid points. Because what 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 benefit do you get out of me telling you that I love the way Rashid Shahid was utilized today? or that I really, really like the way Andy Dalton played today. Because some people will sit here and beg for a quarterback change, but if you watch that game, did you really think the quarterback was the problem? It hit Olave in the hands. It hit Jarvis Landry in the hands. It hit Taysom Hill in the hands. Andy Dalton was honestly really good today. He was the better of the two quarterbacks. But for the last two minutes, Tom Brady went down the field and pulled the Saints' pants down. And they sat there and they took it, and and that's what happened. And, And I think for these guys... You go into the bye week now. Can you come out of that bye week legitimately being refreshed and recharged for the last four games of the season where at best you could finish the year eight and nine and we know they're not going to do that? Where do you go, man? And and what what is the cutoff line to fire Dennis Allen? Is it five and 12? Is it four and 13? Is it six and 11? Th- this, these are conversations us Saints fans need to now discuss because... They're not making the playoffs. It's over. Like I said, if they were going to make the push, it had to start tonight. And boy, it looked like it was going to. And I actually really, through the first 50 minutes of this game, I thought we started seeing things that we haven't seen this year. We saw them last year, and they were coming back to light. And I was so I was so excited about that. But with the way this ended, like I said, the playoffs are over. Any win now is just a help and uh, to, to Dennis Allen's cause. Do you want him back next year? I mean, I, I, I guarantee if I read the chat, most of you guys are saying bye-bye, Dennis, fire Dennis Allen, whatever the hell you may be saying. So I, I just, I find it really frustrating and I'll, I'll continue to rant as I pull up some of your comments, but the DA thing was confusing. The Mark Ingram thing was just so baffling to me and I'm so tired of people coming in my fucking mentions and telling me, well, Chris, Mark Ingram was hurt. So how do you expect him to get that one yard? Cause he's hurt. If he's fucking hurt, he shouldn't be in the game. If he can't get that one yard when no one's in his face, no one was in his face, then he shouldn't be in the game. I'm sick and tired of time. these Twitter warriors who are like, oh, well, if you're going to say it, why don't you go out there and get the yard? I don't fucking play for the Saints. He does. It was his job to get the first down. He decided he was point shaving and stepped out of bounds. That's not my problem. I'll tell you who is whose problem it is. It's the Saints because the game changed there. And if you don't believe me, you have... Saints reporters who are way more professional than me retweeting my tweet about that. It changed right then and there. The minute Mark Ingram stepped out of bounds, the game shifted. It shifted. It's, it's so frustrating that, that shit like that will happen. But you know what? At least it shows we know our team. We know our team damn well, right? The fact that a play like that happened and all of us go, here we fucking go. But I'll, I'll be real with you guys. As I get through these comments and I see you guys talking about how you want Dennis Allen gone and how this team is pathetic. This is this is the first time I've watched the Saints lose where I was legit aggravated. And I, and I've t- I tell you guys this every podcast. Since the NFC Championship game with the no call, I've done a really good job. of Like, I want to watch Saints games, shit happens. Not going to let it ruin my mood. Today's the first time in a long time. I, I'm like actually livid at this team. To lose to the Bucs in the way that you did when you kick their ass up and down the field all day long and you lose because you a don't have the fucking stones to go for it in crucial situations because you kept playing prevent defense and all prevent defense does is prevent you from winning all it does you deserve it they deserve it man and and now uh, you know when I see these comments you guys are talking about hating this team and Wanting Urban Meyer gone and any optimism you had is out the window. It's just, it's it's all justified. It's all justified. And I hate it. I don't want any animosity towards the Saints. I love this team. But this is the type of loss that someone has to pay for this loss. I know that sounds harsh, but that's the reality of sports. When you fuck up at your job and it's a massive fuck up, someone pays the price. You lose a winnable game, and of course you did it on primetime. So everyone in the Mothers now is going to talk like Tom Brady had a great game, and we know damn well that wasn't the case. But you know what? He won, so that that comes with the territory. It's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. Now, I see some people – I'm going to start pulling up comments now because I know you guys are going to have a lot, and I I definitely want to get your voices in here. Uh, I see Aaron talking about how you can't totally blame Mark. I'm not blaming this loss on Mark Ingram. That, that would be totally unfair. I want to make that very clear for anyone. If, if you think I'm sitting here saying Mark Ingram's responsible for the loss, absolutely not. No, no. I actually think Mark Ingram had a good game prior to that play. It is Mark's job, though, to get that first down when it's right in front of his face because Mark's a veteran. He knows situa- uh, situational awareness. He knows where the first down marker is. It was right in front of his face. He stepped out of bounds right before. So not only do you stop the clock, you didn't get the first down. And yes, I agree with you, Aaron. You had a third and one. Play calling has got to be better. I one thousand percent agree with you. You are so correct on that. But you know what? We know this coaching staff fucks up a lot. If Mark Ingram gets that first down, it gets them that fresh set of downs, less chances for this coaching staff to do something stupid. So Mark kind of put them in that spot by not step by not getting that first down. It, it was just a play that a veteran can't make. If a rookie makes it, I'm not saying I'm gonna love it, but I'm gonna be like, okay, he's a rookie. Mark is one of their oldest guys on the roster. It's got to know better, and I say this because I thought Mark had a really good game today. I thought Mark did a good job with getting the best usage out of his touches, and yet that that one play is all we're going to remember. That's all we're going to remember. CCD saying he skipped his final exam for this, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I'd rather study than watch the Saints at this point. I really, I really, I'd rather do that. Guy says how, how, how. Only one correct answer, and that's on coaching. Yeah, look, when the Saints lose this year. The Saints lose in ways where it is on coaching. This game was on coaching. 49ers game, I think, was kind of like on execution and red zone game planning. That's been a big problem for them. Uh, Think of other games that they've lost this year. Bucks game early in the season also didn't stomp. This this has been a theme, by the way, with Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen, and I think this is more because he's a defensive coach, when the Saints have a chance to stomp on a team's throat and end the game, they do not do it. And part of it is they don't go for shit. They just don't. And whether you like Sean Payton Going for stuff consistently on fourth down or not. I love that he was willing to end the game when he can. DA doesn't do that. And that and maybe that's because who that's who DA is by nature. I don't know. But this was one of those games where you kept going for field goals. Clearly, those field goals didn't matter at the end of the day. Why couldn't you go for one of those fourth downs, fourth and one, fourth and two in Bucks territory? Where if you don't get it, they got to drive the length of the field anyway. Play not to lose, and guess what happens? You lose. It's, it's just a tale as old as time, and, and that's been the case for the Saints. So let me get into more of your comments. am going to start pulling them up. Uh, I, I just I just don't understand, man. I, d- I don't understand this team. I'm sure that a lot of people are going to talk about firing DA. That's probably going to be the, 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 I guess, recurring comment on this chat. Uh, I see some people talking about the Mark Ingram stuff and, and all that. Zach says, I'm sorry, but this but I saw this coming from a mile away. Played not to lose and didn't try to win. Yep. Yep. And, and I think that's the frustrating part about all this we're all pretty close on Twitter. At least I like to feel that way. Like I don't re- get to respond to everyone on Twitter, but I'm I'm on Twitter throughout saints games. And I see what you guys say. So I, I feel like I have a good idea, like the pulse of saints Twitter as to what everyone's thinking. And we were all cracking jokes about how like here come the bucks. And I, I, we all tweeted when they were up 13 and they gave the ball back to them. We said, I swear, like if this happens, that's a joke, but we know it could happen. We always knew it was the possibility, but the fact that it did happen still hurts. Like let's, let's not, let's not lie about this. You know? Max saying Falcons choke, uh, style choke. Yep, yep. I'm not even gonna make any more 28 to three jokes. I don't. Give, I don't give a fuck about 28 to three anymore. Truthfully, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. If your greatest thing is to make fun of another team's shortcomings, what does it matter? I mean, th- this this loss was embarrassing, guys. It was embarrassing. You have one of two options, right? You can be fuming, talking about it being pathetic, talking about how you want Da fired, or you can just laugh it off. Like this man right here. He's just laughing it off. And I think he's actually going the right route about it. Like, I I, I mean this to you guys truthfully. Saints have a bye week coming up. Enjoy that bye week. Seriously, go go find something fun to do if you can. Holiday season coming up. Go find something fun to do. Watch a movie. Go shopping in the mall. Go do something with your family. Anything. Just go have some fun. Because this team will drain whatever fun you have left in your system by next week or in three weeks from now when they play the Eagles, that that has 40 to like seven written all over at that game. You know, so seriously, enjoy the bye week. A, a, as for now, though, with your comments, I see you guys talking about Carmichael and the play calling. He's gone. I, I can't say for certain that DA is going to get fired, although he should. I feel very confident that Pete Carmichael is definitely gone, though, without a doubt in my mind. No doubt he will get fired. Uh, so we'll kind of see what happens there. You know, I I really don't know how this is gonna how this is gonna play out. I would fire the whole staff, but you know I don't make decisions. I just sit here and rant. Two throws on a drive when it could have been three runs to bleed clock. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. That was the first time I liked that they did that because if they ran it three times, they were just gonna run it and then punt it. And if we're being truthful, and and I know situation and circumstances are all different for everyone. If Taysom Hill doesn't drop the ball, the game's probably over. Or if it's not over they at least get a longer drive and then Blake Gilligan, if he has to punt it, let's say he has to punt it. It's going to be past the two minute warning and he's going to be punting from midfield, which means he could pin them back. So you can say you didn't like the two plays to to pass it. And that's fine. Everyone has their own opinion on what they did there. But I I think if Taysom Hill just catches the football, again, I'm not blaming this loss on Taysom Hill, but if he just catches the football, which hit him right in the fucking hands, you extend the drive, you know? Jalen says, but why is it Mark over AK to begin with? And why is the third down play to a dude that hasn't caught a ball in weeks? Okay. So for the second part, I can't answer that. I can't, I, the saints constantly do this. They dial up plays for guys that should not be getting the ball in money situations. So that would be my answer to that they don't know what they're doing in that regard. As for Mark Ingram, AK struggles historically against the Buccaneers. That's one AK fumbled twice last week. So it seemed like the saints, did not want to use him as much today as maybe they would in past weeks. And again, I thought Ingram was fine in terms of touches. You know, I, I'll pull up the stats here right now because I want to be, you know, accurate about it. But Ingram finished the game with seven carries for 27 yards and he had five receptions for 22. Is that great? No. But for, for reference, Kamara had two for 11 and 12 for 26. So Ingram was doing more per touch. That's the truth of the matter. Uh, but again, like, embarrassing loss. And all that I'm going to think of now is that him running out of out of bounds. You know? And now Connor brings up the Adebo thing. Adebo's an interesting case cuz Adebo balled out the last two weeks. You go back and watch the tape and then he makes that PI penalty and you're like all those two weeks of good work just get thrown out the window. Cuz now like I see the comments you guys are talking about how Adebo shouldn't see the light and how Adebo's been selling and I'm not saying you're wrong. Like that that's a terrible penalty. It was a terrible penalty. But it's it's just one of those where I've I've run out of comments, man. I've run out of comments, and and the crazy thing for me is that I think today the Saints gave they really did give it their all. What's the energy level after this? Because I, I've I've said this often, the Saints can say all they want about keeping Da because they want to look for reasons not to fire him. If he loses the locker room, he's fired. That's it. And to kind of bring up Blair's point, if this team has quit on Da, and I kind of think they're gonna quit now. Like I I think this is it. He's done. He's done. He can't come back. And I keep saying this, and I, and I promise you I mean this, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat it to make you feel more committed and invested for future years. When you watch the Saints, do you feel like they need to blow the whole thing up? Because I don't. I feel like the Saints need a good coach. I'm watching this team. There's a lot of young talent. There's a decent mix of young talent with veterans. And if they had a good coach, like a Sean Payton, or even just a, a, a young mind like what we've seen with Mike McDaniel in Miami, you can see the path to being a competitive football team. So, like, I'm not here tonight to say blow this whole thing up and, and start over. But I, I am going to say that this is, this is at the point where if you do not fire the coaching staff, how do you expect fans to show up next year and, and really be committed? Because you're just going to do the same thing. Remember this, guys. Dennis Allen was 4-12, came back for the Raiders again, was 4-12, got another year out of it somehow, and was 0-4. That doesn't fly, man. It doesn't fly. He's not a rookie head coach. He's not. He's in his fourth season as a head coach in the NFL, and he's still making mistakes. He's still, and and whether you like it or not, it comes down to the W's and losses, and he racks up the losses, man. He racks them up. The same way Drew Brees used to rack up passing yards, Dennis Allen racks up losses. He does it efficiently. 12 losses his first year, 12 losses his second year. Four losses before they canned him in the third year. And guess what? He's got nine losses already with four more games to go. So he can get to that special number 12 that he apparently loves so much. It is possible. You know, It, it it's, it's very frustrating. I see you guys talking about Carmichael. I don't know if I could get through all these comments tonight. I'm being truthful, guys. I didn't realize you guys sent so many. So I will definitely get through as many comments as I can. And I'll make sure I definitely get through super chats if they come up. That for sure. So if you guys have super chats, I'll definitely get to them and I'll try to get through all the comments. I didn't realize you guys were loaded up. So I am I am happy about that. That does really uh, please me. But I, I think for the Saints, you brought all these guys back, right? Carmichael, Chris Richard, Ryan Nielsen, Dennis Allen. All you all those guys were brought back because the whole idea was when Sean Payton leaves, these guys know how Sean operates. You kind of keep the 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 ship going, right? You're steering the ship. He taught you how to use it. Now he's letting go. And he's saying, you try it. You see they can't do it, right? Because they don't have the training wheels on. So they can't, they can't figure this thing out. Sean Payton was the training wheels for these guys. They can't do it. It's a lot harder when you're in bigger spotlights. Now that they have failed that task, they are useless to the Saints. Does it sound harsh? Maybe. Is it right, though? Yes, because the Saints didn't bring in these coaches to be here for the long haul. They weren't here to rebuild. When Brian Dayball goes to the Giants, it's there to, he's there to rebuild. When Robert Sala goes to the Jets, he's there to rebuild. When Mike McDaniel goes to the Dolphins, his primary focus is to fix the offensive fix to all three of those coaches that I mentioned, not only did they have harder tasks than Dennis Allen, they're also doing a damn good job. Dennis Allen's job was, Sean's great. He's passing the baton to you. He fumbled the baton within the first four games because they started one and three. And he had that rift with Jameis. Clearly, you have Mike still kind of at odds with the medical staff. Players are probably not going to buy in for the last four games of the year. They're 4-9. They're, they're below the Panthers, who, by the way, do not want to win football games. They don't. So for me, that's it. They, they, you brought them in for a singular purpose. They cannot fill that singular purpose. They're gone. That's how it works. If I bring you in to do my taxes and you can't figure out my taxes, you're gone. Why the fuck are you here? DA is here to keep the ship moving. This ship already hit the iceberg. It sunk. It's over. It's over. It's over. I'm just so over it. I know you guys. Are, I, I see you guys are laughing from before about me calling him a schmuck. But am I wrong? Am I wrong? Like honestly, am I wrong for that? You know, Wesley says, "Is Camaro hurt?" Look completely checked out most of the game. I'm. I can. You know, fine. I'll say it. I'll say it. I think personally, the Saints and Camaro should have a conversation about his legal situation and, and be honest and say, look, if you're going to get suspended at some point, do you want to eat the suspension now? I don't know of how they can work that out, but like, if he, if he's gonna get suspended to start next season, what good does that do if he can eat some of the games now when the season's over? I was just thinking about that personally. Uh, you guys know, I love Kamara. I I do think Kamara looked a little disengaged tonight, but again, they don't get him involved. So it's, it's twofold, right? Part of it can be, man, Kamara's got to have better body language. But the other side of it is Kamara spent the first five years of his career with Sean Payton, who did a great job of scheming up great plays for him, making sure he was the focal point of the offense. And the Saints just treat Kamara like he's just another dude. And I can't stand that because he's not another dude. He is the dude. So maybe he is you know, disengaged. And, and you would be right on that, Wesley, because I watched him tonight and I'm like, yeah, he just doesn't look engaged. But if the Saints don't scheme up certain plays for him, get him out in space, Option routes, wheel routes, anything creative, and you're just dumping it off like he's just some generic running back that you picked up in Madden on your Ultimate Team when you get that bronze starter pack. That's not that's not Alvin Kamara. He's not. I'm sorry, he's a Lamborghini. He's he is not just your generic sedan that you're picking up. He's not. And the Saints refuse to use him like that unique weapon he is. So if he gets frustrated, I get it. But I'm being serious. Like there should be a conversation about like. Can he serve that suspension now? You got four games left. You're you're not going to win. Serve it now, then waste next game, uh, next uh, you know games next year. You know, that's that's just the truth of the matter. You know, if I were Kamara, uh, Kamara I'd be checked out this game too. Now my touches, and the touches he did were absolute garbage plays. Yep, yeah. So that's my point. So great, great observation. I agree with you. That's that's where I'm at for that. Aaron says Kirk fucking merit over Olave or, or Shahid. No, that makes a lot of sense, guys. Like if you. Think about the Bulls, right? When they won championships, Michael Jordan didn't shoot it. Scottie Pippen didn't shoot it, right? Steve Kershaw. No, I'm I'm kidding. To your point, yes. Kirk Merritt should not be getting the football or have plays designed strictly for him in games, which by the way, Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid were having their way. This was not the type of game where the Saints are like, man, they're bottling up Olave, they're bottling up Shahid. We gotta find a way to 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 work around that. No, Olave in the in the second half was dominant. Shahid in the first half dominant the Bucs didn't have an answer for them you were the person that stopped it so that's where I get a little frustrated in all this it's just really tough it's really tough and to uh uptown catchup 36's comment here they are four and nine without their first round pick so you can't even be like hey the Saints can draft Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or get a fancy new toy to add to this team no because they're gonna be playing for the Philadelphia Eagles who are 11 and one by the way Isn't it funny how God works, right? God works in mysterious. Just kidding. I don't don't know how fuck he works. Well, if he does work and he does exist, he's not a Saints fan. That we know that much. And I I think for this team, like, what do you have to look forward to? Because to to this point real quick, because I know we joke about the whole first round pick thing. If the Saints at least had their first round pick, we all as fans could start being like, man, if Bryce Young's in a black and gold jersey or CJ Stroud's in a black and gold jersey or whoever the hell you may want, whoever your quarterback of choice is, was this a tough season? Yeah, but can you look and see that light at the end of the tunnel? Of course. What the hell's the light at the end of this tunnel? What pick thirty four in the second round? Yippee! I'm I'm ecstatic about that. Like that's not exciting to me. It's not. And even if they trade Sean for a first round pick, that would be lovely. It's not going to be the pick that you gave up to the Eagles. And, and the only reason the Saints aren't going to get roasted by the media for that trade is the Broncos traded everything they had for Russell Wilson, who's been horrible. Rams gave up a top five pick to the Lions because of the Stafford trade, but they won a Super Bowl out of it, so that checks out. But it's really it's really tough, guys. It really is tough. So let's get through some more comments. SC MediaWorks says Dennis Allen is a glorified cheerleader. You know what? I would agree with you, except he, if he's a glorified cheerleader, he's a really bad cheerleader. No pep in his step. No flair. You know, Sean Payne will walk up and down the sidelines. He got a little sass to him, you know? Like Sean's walking up and down the sidelines like you just fucked up his significant orders, uh significant other's order at a restaurant. He's gonna let you know about it. He had that little flair to him. DA's just DA DA. He's just keep doing what you're doing. I'm just generic coach. Like that's that's just him, man. That's just him. And I, I think that, you know, you're not wrong. Like he is a glorified head coach at this point, but I mean, glorified cheerleader, but he's not even a fun cheerleader, you know. This guy, he's got no pep in his step. He's not even like a Rob Ryan, who was a, another glorified cheerleader. Red Joe says, marking Ingram drop and, a, Lebo, and a, a Debo penalty. Can't even fucking speak right now. The um, penalty, the way my Bucks friends roasting my ass do not allow Dennis or Pete on the private jet. Well, let's be real. We know they'll be back and we'll get some weird comments fed to us. But what 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 do you do? What do you do as fans, right? Because that's all we are at the end of the day. What do we do? We're not going to protest games. We love this team too much. We know that. And I wouldn't. I, I can't. I am I, I could complain about the Saints and my ass would go watch them the next day. It's an addiction. So it is what it is. But I, I just don't know. I, I think for fans, like at this point, it's what I said earlier at the top of the show. It's like the only path to salvation is firing this coaching staff into the sun, into the sea. I don't care where the fuck you want to fire them. Fire them wherever for all I care. I really, like, I I have no patience anymore for this. Helmand Doza says, those last two defensive drives effing killed me. With seven minutes left in the game, you play two high safeties, leaving the underneath open. This guy can't coach. I'm glad you brought that up. Can we speak about that for a sec? If there's one quarterback who's going to be okay with you leaving all the underneath stuff open in the end of towards the end of the game because he's great at managing the clock, he's really good at getting people organized, he's great in the no huddle, it's Tom Fucking Brady, he's played a million games. He'll play a million more. Now that he's divorced, he is—he is the master at that. Why would you leave everything open underneath and think he's not going to take it? Drew Brees, uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, th- these type of guys, like they are willing and ready to just beat you death by a thousand cuts. You handed him the the, the murder weapon, and you let him go to work. And I don't understand that. And I sat there watching the game and I kept thinking to myself, like, you played perfect football for 53 minutes. Why did you just change up the script? Because the the, the rules, the unwritten rules of prevent football tell you to play two high safeties and just leave everything open, keep everything in front of you, let the clock chew. The clock getting chewed up doesn't matter if you're giving up seven. It only matters if it's ending in three or it's ending in none. When they're getting seven, who gives a fuck? Because your your offense went three and out in about 12 seconds of actual game time. So I agree with you. Great comment. You're absolutely right. It's it's just really frustrating. It's really, really, really frustrating. And again, you weren't going up against a rookie. You were going up against Tom um, Brady. Tom Brady. And you said, Hey, take what, take what we give you. And he said, Thank you. And he fucking ate, and and you end up beating an L. So it's all cyclical. Lakers show twelve. That twelve men in the huddle penalty on third and two from the four was insane. Terrible job by D. A. Fire him now. So you brought up that penalty. I, that was something I had in my notes and I didn't get to it because when you get really frustrated, it's hard to think straight. And that penalty was one I, I was tweeting about. And and when you watch that drive unfold, I said touchdown ends the game. I, I and I felt I felt touchdown ends the game and. They get that pre-snap penalty, and then it becomes third and seven or whatever. And then they get back to it being third and two, but they end up kicking the field goal. If you have that third and two st- uh, chance, you can either run it twice or you could throw it, then run it. Kind of give yourself some looks. Pre-snap penalties for the Saints have been a really big issue this year. And pre-snap penalties fall on coaching. I mean, most penalties fall on coaching. They do. Um, but when PI happens, DA is not advising Debo to go full moron and pull the the, the wide receiver's arm. But when pre-snap stuff happens, 12 men on the field, you know who's responsible for personnel changes. That's the coaching staff. Like, that's on them. So, I agree with you. It's coaching. It's frustrating. And to your point, as everyone's saying, they got to go. People saying it's play calling. Red zone play calling. I talked about it with John. We don't have the answer. You can ask me a million times, how do the Saints fix the red zone play calling, and I'm just going to look at you with a stupid look on my face. It might be this one. It might be this look that I have. Maybe this is a stupid look I have on my face. I don't know which one, but it would be one of them. And I would sit there and not have an answer for you. I don't know why they suck ass in the red zone. It's play calling. It's a little bit of execution, lack of discipline, also lack of balls. I, I'm sorry. If I keep getting stuffed in the red zone, I'm going to fucking go for it till I break through that wall. The Saints are like, oh, well, we can't get through. Send out the field goal unit. You can't keep going for three. You can't keep going for three. This felt like the Bengals game all over again, but worse. Just just worse. Nate says, Dalton is good when things are going well, but he ain't got that dog in him. When the, good, when the going gets tough, Dalton shrivels down. Not his fault, but he's just not that guy. Look, Dalton isn't that guy. Don't kid yourself. I didn't watch Dalton. night i would be like, oh, man, I think Dalton's our QB of the future. No, no, he shouldn't be back next year. But... Honestly, we we crack jokes about the Dalton primetime record and stuff. He was good tonight. Like, he he dealt the football. He was the better quarterback tonight. He was. The media shows won't tell you this. The numbers may not tell you this when it's all said and done. He was the better quarterback tonight. But those drops killed him. The Taysom drop killed him. Yolave drop cost them three points. Jarvis Landry drop cost them four points. They ended up setting for a field goal instead of getting a touchdown. It, you know, and and I hate saying this, right? Cause I'm not here to defend Andy Dalton, but I also don't have an agenda. So I'm going to say it how I see it. Andy Dalton, this is why he grades out well in pro football focus and all these stupid sites sometimes, man. Cause he has games like this where there's a bunch of drops. He did enough to manage the game and you should have won, but you didn't cause you're a badly coached team. As people say, DA should be fired. More people saying fired. So, uh, yeah, let's go, Chris. Let that a saying, yeah, look, I, I tried, man. I tried. I tried. I tried. I tried. I I really, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll put it up on my phones, guys. I'm sitting here. I'm I'm putting together some nice notes, putting up some friendly notes, right? And this this is on, this 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 right here, it's on, I don't know if anyone see it, but I'm, I'm putting up my notes on my phone, all positive. I swear to God, I didn't have a single negative thing through the first three quarters. Sitting there cracking jokes in my friend's group like, man, they really fuck up Tom Brady every single time. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't, that was the worst seven minutes of Saints football we've ever been subjected to. I truly mean it. I I really mean it. It's 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 tough. It's truly tough. And I, I think at this point, I, I I just don't know. So I see insanity is not insane, said uh get swept, bud. Guess he's a Bucks fan. Don't blame him. Aaron says honestly, all I have to look forward to the rest of the season are these post game live streams and the Pels. Thanks, Chris. Well, First off, Aaron, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate that. Obviously, um, you guys are the, the freaking best. But I want to say something about the Pels real quick. I, I do love that you brought that up. As tough as this season has been, the one thing I say about the Pelicans, besides the fact that the Western Conference is wide open and this could be their year to really make, you know, a, a lot of noise in that conference and just the NBA as a whole. I don't know if you guys have been checking up, but you should if you have not yet. What Blue Crew Media has been doing for Pelicans content, every single game they got a post-game video ready to go. And the coolest thing about their Pelicans coverage, and I'll get back to the Saints in a second, but I want to have some you know good things to talk about here. The coolest thing about their Pelicans coverage is you are going to get multiple personalities and takes on it. So you're not going to get stuck like someone like me who's going to be saying what it's just my opinion. No, now I'm grateful that a lot of you guys do listen to my opinion. It, it means a lot. Like it legitimately warms my heart. Uh, but the thing about the Pelicans that I love that, that Buku does is you are going to have four, five, six, maybe even seven different opinions. On a given game, not a week, not a month, a given game, uh, and I love that. So I do agree with you, Aaron. Like this has been a tough season, but I have loved these post game recaps with you guys. They've they've been a lot of fun, uh, more so because I get to see what you guys are thinking. It's easy for me to come on for my first fifteen minutes and just rant and rant and rant, but like I get to unwind by seeing what you guys have to say, and as you guys say what you're feeling. It also helps me out because I get a better pulse of what you guys are thinking about, what you want to talk about, and I appreciate that. But again, post coverage, Boo Crew Media, they got you covered, so make sure you check out what they got going on because it's it's pretty damn sick. Nerd says, he just said in this post-game interview, we'll figure some things out. He can figure whatever the fuck he wants. It just better not be in New Orleans. I, I'm The one thing about DA, and I say this about a lot of people, you need to be good in the presser. If you're not going to be good on the field, you got to be good in the presser. He gives, he doesn't even give the most vanilla quotes. He gives the most infuriating quotes. Like he gives the type of quotes that after they lose the game, he says something stupid and you just want to slap him so hard across the face. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm not trying to get a lawsuit. I'm just saying he says the dumbest shit in his post game pressers They keep doing what you're doing, that we'll clean this up. And I said this, I said this months ago, he kept saying, we got to clean this up. We got to clean this up. We got to clean this up. What do you do in practice? Are you the New Orleans Saints supervisor or head coach? What are you doing in practice? I want to see how he fixes this fucking mess, honestly. I, re- I really don't know where he goes from here. How do you as a head coach go into the locker room after today, look those men in the eye, and be like, hey, we got four games left. We got to win them out. You can do it? I I don't, I don't think it. I think i will win one out of those next four. So I I really do not know, man. I do not know. Blair says, Mickey Loomis assembled the oldest team in the NFL and, and the all-in coaching staff. It didn't work. He needs to pivot or he needs to leave. First off, Blair, thank you so much for the super chat, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, so you mentioned pivot. I'm going to use a little, little bit different of a reference here. It doesn't apply, but it's just for me, I like to see how organizations uh, work in different sports. So quick baseball thing real quick. The Mets lose Jacob DeGrom. That could be a catastrophic free agency loss for them, losing a two-time Cy Young to the Rangers overpaid whatever they go out, they get Verlander within what 48 hours. So you get the reigning Cy Young who just won a world series and you pivoted quickly to this point when you make a mistake or you lose someone or something doesn't work out. The best way to get over that mistake is just by admitting you made it in the first place. That's all like, that's how you get past shit. And I'll look at what the Cardinals did. The Cardinals saw Josh Rosen for a year and were like, man, Josh Rosen's just not a good quarterback. And they said, fuck it, they're getting rid of him and they got Kyler Murray. And you can complain about Kyler, you could call him selfish, whatever. Do you think the the Cardinals are happier with Kyler than they are Josh Rosen? I would say the answer is yes. I'll go a step further. You look at teams like the Giants. You look at teams like the Dolphins. Sometimes, man, if you don't think it's working, you get off that. And now they got the right head coaches in the building. And for the Saints, like I said... I have no problem with them hiring D.A. I honestly think it made a lot of sense in theory, right? Great defense by D.A. You you thought he learned from the mistakes he made in Oakland. He deserved that second chance? Cool. Like, I have no issue with that. But it's not working. So now you know what to do. It's not working. He's gone. It's it's the way it goes. That it, It's the rule. It's the rule. You don't cut it out. You're gone, man. And I think for New Orleans that time's got to come and it better come soon. It really better come soon. Brian Russell says, will Mickey Loomis do the right thing and fire these coaches like the Pels did the one and done? Uh, first off, Brian, thank you so much for the super chat, man. Really, really do appreciate it as always. Um, but yeah, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong guys, but didn't Stan Van Gundy have that situation with the Pels where it didn't work out and the Pels said, yep, that's it. Get off of him. Like th- I'm pretty sure it was one year and, and I'm going to just search it up now to make sure I confirm, because I don't want to you know be wrong about this, but I think the Pelicans had Stan Van Gundy for that one season. Yep. 2020 to 2021. And they got off of him. And honestly, I don't think the Pelicans were as awful as the Saints are now. So they got off of him. And guess what? They got Willie Green, who I think a lot of people right now would probably say they love Willie Green. I know I love Willie Green. Willie Green speaks. I'm like, that's what a head coach should be. DA speaks. And I'm like that. You are a great assistant. Like I said, my reference, it's cool to be the backup singer. And Sync had some great backup singers. Not everyone could be Justin Timberlake. And I, I know Dennis Allen ain't Justin Timberlake. So to your point, will Mickey Loomis do the right thing? I, I'll say I feel more confident right now that he would than I did yesterday because this is the type of loss that you sit everyone in the room and you go, dude, where are my results? Where are my results, man? I, and I, I didn't think it coming into today, but the way the Saints lost, pressure's on, man. Pressure's on. If he, does, if he doesn't get to six wins, and I don't think he's going to, and I don't want him to at this rate, he's gone. You can't at 5 and 12 look people in the eyes and say, yep, you're back. You can't. Sorry, you're gone. Hamlin hey, Mendoza with another super chat. Thank you so much, man. I really, really do appreciate that. Uh says, if Loomis doesn't want to make the move, then Miss Benson has to come down <laughs> with the guillotine. So let me say something about, about Mrs. Benson. Mrs. Benson loves two things, right? One is money because she should. She's an owner of the team. You got to love money. Who doesn't love money? But the second part for her is having a good product. And I think that's the one thing about Miss Benson that doesn't get talked about enough. She can easily sit back, collect her checks, count her money, and know that she's sitting pretty. She can do that if she wants, but she doesn't do that. It's about having a good product because if they didn't feel that way, then they wouldn't have been as aggressive in fixing the Pelicans as they've been. And man, it's, it is really paid dividends, and they have changed that culture. For the Saints, and that's, that is their golden child. The Saints, is the, they're the golden child, which means they're going to get a little bit more preferential treatment. They're going to get a little more love and care. When you know what greatness has been because you've had Sean and Drew for 10, 15 years and, and they showed you what greatness is, you know what greatness isn't. And I think for her, it's the way the Saints are losing. The Saints aren't losing. The Saints aren't five and seven like the Detroit Lions, where you see they're making progress and you feel like they're turning the corner and you feel like they could get back on the right track. No, the Saints are losing games where you're starting to lose hope. You have an aging roster. You're wondering if, man, this dude is just not cut out for the job. And and I think for Gale, if this continues, first off, no, one, the, the the ticket sales are lowering by the day. That that goes in that money category that matters. But also her wanting a great product. This is a bad product right now. Do you think it's good for her that she's going to wake up tomorrow and her team's going to be mocked on every single national media and local media uh, uh, show? No. No. Like, th- this isn't good for her product. And again, this is the golden child. So I do agree with you. If Loomis isn't going to make the move, then Miss benson has got to step down and lay the hammer. And guess what, guys? If Loomis doesn't want to make the move because he's too close with DA, then I think we should start having a conversation about whether or not the Saints need a new GM. And I think that's fair. What's fair is fair, you know? And I was, I was cool about letting Mickey do his thing, right? You bring Mickey back in the fold and see how he works without, without Sean Payton here because Mickey's earned that right. He, he has. Uh, he, he earned it. You stick there long enough, you earned it. But at some point, dude, when do we have that conversation about saying, okay, you got to get someone in there? So I, I, I think for, for him, this is going to be the off season of their lives. Off season of their lives, no doubt about it. And right now, I'm honestly going to say, if if you had to make me make a prediction, I would say he gets Dennis Allen gets fired. I would say it. I didn't. I did not think there was a chance coming in today. This is the type of loss that man. You not only did you lose your job, you lost a team, and you lose a team, you lose your job. They go hand in hand. So, I, I will, I will absolutely. I'll figure this one out. All right. Now, what is what is someone saying? Let's see. Simply Tyler uh, Vod says, Chris, I'll donate five dollars if you ban Falcon Productions. Well, you can keep your five dollars. You don't have to donate five dollars. I just what what is Falcon Productions here that's going on? Oh, here, I'll pull up this comment. I'll give him some shine real quick. Keep crying. I'm enjoying the tears. And in two weeks, when you don't get lucky again, I'm going to enjoy them even more. Well, I'll say something about this Falcon Productions and we could keep it. We could keep it civil here, because I, I have no beef with the Falcons. So they're, they're irrelevant enough that I, I really don't care. The Saints-Falcons game in two weeks from now is going to be the most relevant Saints-Falcons game ever. Because if the Falcons win, and I don't know if they will, but let's say they win, how much pride do you take in sweeping the Dennis... Uh, or not even sweeping. I'm sorry. You wouldn't sweep. You'd be one and one How much pride do you take in beating the Dennis Allen-led Saints when they're on their last legs. I don't even know if they're on their last legs. They're on their knees at this point. Let's be honest. So would that be a good win for the Falcons in terms of seeding? Yeah, because the Falcons are still in that NFC South race. But would it matter much in the grand scheme of the division? No, it wouldn't. Because a franchise that can't beat Taysom Hill when he's the starting quarterback, and a franchise that, like I said, has the worst blown lead in the Super Bowl, and a franchise that right now is being led by Marcus Mariota, they they have their own issues. And and again, the Saints have their own problems too, man. I, so I'm not I'm not trying to say this, right? So the Saints have their own issues. But man, this is going to be the year you pick to to kind of hype up the division. I think both our teams are sad. The only difference is you guys have like that nice win against the 49ers. That was a really good win. I thought that was impressive showing. But I, I would take way more of a brag in beating the Sean Payton Saints or beating the Drew Brees Saints than breeding, beating the Dennis Allen, Andy Dalton Saints. Like, that's, I don't know, man. That's just bland as hell. Like, congrats, right? Like, that's like you, the Saints had Gucci as their brand, and now you're beating a team with Old Navy as their brand. Like, Old Navy's all right. They're respectable, but, like, you're going to flaunt that? I, I don't know. Like, that's that's just the way I view it. So you can you can go crazy over it. That's totally fine. Um, but, Yeah. I, I I just don't see it. That's just me. I, I don't think this is the type of rivalry game that's gonna get me pumped up. I'm gonna be honest. There's one game left on the schedule that I'm looking forward to, and it's the Eagles game because I think for the Eagles game, I think that that's the type where it's like Saints can get blown out. C.J. Garner Johnson's gonna let that thing fly in the postgame game presser about how he has shit to say about New Orleans, and then we're gonna sit there and just go, okay, well that's uh that's it. That's like that's that's the season right there in a nutshell. Okay. So that's it. That's the way I look at it. So let's get, so let's get to more questions here. Obviously I see you guys got some, some stuff in the chat. I moved up a, a bit. So if you guys had questions from before and I didn't answer them, you could throw them in. Now I had to pull up the thing because I had to get back on schedule and I'm glad I did. Cause this Falcons thing was kind of fun for a second and kind of like all in, in, in good humor, honestly. So yeah. Um, Cow dog 25, says, why not give Jameis a start against the Falcons? Look, I would have no problem with them starting Jameis. I said this from the very beginning. If the Saints want to start Jameis, cool. If the Saints want to keep Dalton in, cool. If the Saints want to start Taysom, fuck it. It is what it is, right? But I think it's very hard to make that quarterback change after you just lost a game where your quarterback was the least of your problems. That's where you lose me. But, you know, this is where I'll, I'll say I'm on your side on this. For the Saints, Andy Dalton's a free agent, so you don't know if you're bringing him back anyway. Jameis, you're committed to for next year. Now the Saints can get out of that contract. Who knows? Maybe they will. But you are committed to him for next year, technically speaking. So don't you want closure on whether or not you want to keep that contract and bring him back next year? That would be the argument. But but to my point, though, it's really, really hard, though, to make that move when you, you just lost a game and your quarterback wasn't the problem, right? I think you make that move after you don't score a single point against the 49ers, or you make that move after you have two pick sixes against the Cardinals, or you make that move. After you do nothing against the Ravens, you kind of get my point. Like, I don't think you're wrong, but like, you know, how can you make that move now after Andy Dalton probably just had his best game in terms of accuracy, timing, just keeping the offense afloat. Like honestly, Andy Dalton played well today. It's not going to show in the box score. It's not going to show in the win loss column. So it's tough. But I I do think at some point, like they kind of have to get him in there, right? Like, I don't know. That's, that's just kind of where I'm at with that. Simply Tyra says, coaching replacement ideas, Chris. Well, I'll give you one, Um, and this came up recently, and this one just intrigues me a lot. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions. He is 36 years old, and the Lions offensively are playing really damn well, really well. Like, I'm watching Jared Goff, and I'm like, holy, like, Jared Goff's dealing. And remember, they have done this with Jamison Williams Just getting into the start, uh, getting into lineup yesterday. Like Jamison Williams hasn't played this year. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is he's awesome, kid's phenomenal. Jamal Williams, a good back. DeAndre Swift's obviously a good back, but DeAndre Swift's been banged up this year. They traded TJ Hawkinson. So for me, I'm watching what Ben Johnson's doing with the Lions, and I'm saying you traded Hawkinson, the offense is still rolling. You don't have Jamison Williams in there, the offense is still rolling. DeAndre Swift's missed a lot of time. Amon Ross St. Brown's missed time with a sprained ankle. You're still rolling, and it's Jared Goff at quarterback. No knock on Jared Goff, but you're not having, you know, Matt Stafford or having other teams. So for me, that's why I'm I'm watching this the, the Lions. i have seen what Ben Johnson's doing, and he's that young offensive mind that intrigues me. So that's kind of the idea on that. That's one idea where I have. If you're going for an innovative uh, innovative kind of out of the box thing, that's where I would go with. That would be my opinion. Max says headline: We went from Gucci to Old Navy. Actually, if you guys want someone tweet that out. We went from Gucci to Old Navy, and I'll retweet it. Um, just hit me up, and I'll I'll send that because I just said it for fun, but I kind of like it now that I'm thinking about it. Have you installed Madden on your new PS5 yet? I have not. I have not. I, I will soon, though. I, I will soon. That's that's for sure. It's it's definitely it's definitely coming. All right, let me get to a comment that I wanted to get to. I think it was that uh, super chat, and then I'll, I'll get back to other comments here. Um, Kai says passed up on Bienni slash Flores for this. You know what? You mentioned Brian Flores. Can I say something about Brian Flores real quick? Brian Flores got a lot of shit, right? Like he, he got kind of a raw deal with the Dolphins. And honestly, the Dolphins kind of look justified now in terms of getting rid of him and bringing in Mike McDaniel because McDaniel's been awesome. But what I'll say about Brian Flores, right? I talked about DA and DA going 4-12, 4-12, 0-4. Brian Flores took a team that was, that was actively tanking. They lost their first round pick this year because the NFL caught them red-handed. They actively tanked. And tampered 5 and 11 that first year with a really bad roster that people thought might lose nonstop games. That's what they thought. 10 and six the second year, just miss out on the playoffs, but 10 and six, nine and eight the year after that. I'm not saying Brian Flores is the greatest coach in the world, but what I'm telling you is Brian Flores went 24 and 25 in a three year span with a roster that was never as good as this Saints roster this year. Dennis Allen, meanwhile, Loss after loss after loss after loss, and then you want to know why why people bring up the disparity in minority coaches. It's shit like this. Brian Flores could go nine and eight and get fired. Dennis Allen went four and twelve and got brought back for another year. He might go four and thirteen this year and get brought back for another year. You never know. So that's where it gets kind of frustrating. As for B. Enemy, I'm kind of on the fence about B. Enemy. Like I think if if the Saints fire Da, I think you definitely bring B. Enemy back for another interview, no doubt. But the thing I'll say about B. Enemy is. For him, he's with Mahomes right now. The the drop-off that you're gonna have from going from Mahomes to whoever the Saints have at quarterback, it's gonna be so monstrous that it's like it's a really tough spot for him. That being said, both guys should be on their list. Both guys were on their list this year. You're absolutely right. Like, I think either one would have done a better job. Definitely Brian Flores. Brian Flores would have done a better job on DA. I have no doubt about that. Because Brian Flores, I said DA is a loser by nature in terms of history. BA uh Brian Flores, he's a winner, man. Like You are 24 and 25 with a bad roster. And if I just take out your last two seasons, you are, let me just do the math here. You are 19 and 14 over the last two seasons and you got fired because semantics, you know? So, and by semantics, I mean bullshit that let's, let's be honest. So that's where I'm at, but I agree. That's a great comment, Kai. And and thank you for the super chat. I appreciate that. Brian Russell says, would you draft Max Duggan in the second round? Maybe. Can, Can I be honest with you guys? That second round pick because it's going to be a top 40 pick. I kind of want the saints to go anywhere but quarterback. And the reason I say that is I don't think any of the quarterbacks that I'd want them to take would be there. Now, Max Duggan is the type of quarterback. I look at, he reminds me of Sam Ellinger in the sense that great college quarterback, both big 12, really good at being dual threats, lay their bodies on the line. I just don't know if they're going to be able to make the NFL throws. If they take Max Duggan, I wouldn't get mad about it, but I think for the second round, because it's going to be a top 40 pick, I just feel for me, they could use that on someone else. What if Jackson Smith and Njigba from Ohio State Falls, and you could pair him with Chris Olave, because you might get rid of Michael Thomas, you might need another wide receiver. Could you imagine JSN with Chris Olave and Rashid Jaheed for the next three, five years? Like, I mean, I don't know how you stop at his defense. like The speed's there, the physicality's there, route running's there. Like, I really like JSN. I'm not saying he's going to be there, but if he was, like, he could fall because of his hammy injury. But if they're going to go quarterback in the second round, Brian, my my preference would be if Hendon Hooker falls. And first off, I, I, I'm so crushed for Hendon Hooker, man. You have a, a great year, and in the final game that you play, you tear your ACL. Like, that's where life's not fair, man. Like, that's that's just unfair to the kid. But I think for for me, if they go from, you know – If they go for a quarterback in second round, my hope and dream would be that Hendon Hooker's there at the top of round two. Because I think Hendon Hooker's a really good prospect. And he might need a year, right? Because of the ACL and he's a rookie. But I that that would be my preference, personally. Watch them bring in Lattimore these few games, only to injure him more and messing him up for the offseason. Also, what offseason of their lives? Uh, Pointlessly, the 2020-23 draft with that shitty pick. Well, here's the thing about Lattimore, right? Lattimore and Pete Werner are going to come back after the buy. How like this man had a lacerated kidney. Like you're going to come back now for this. Like that it's deflating. Like that's why this loss means a lot, guys. Right. Like if Lattimore and Pete Werner come back and you just beat the Bucks and all of a sudden you're you're tied in the win column in the NFC South. You're looking around. And you're like, dude, win three out of the last four, maybe two out of the last four, and we're in. But that's not the case anymore. It's over. So, but but here's the thing, like. How do you sell these guys now? I'm putting their bodies on the line for a season that's a waste, right? Especially Lattimore. The man had a lacerated kidney. I had COVID last week. I was laying on the couch for like two days straight. I don't want to do shit. This man had a lacerated kidney. So for me, I can't get I can't wrap my head around that. It's it's just crazy to me. Eric B should have been hired after all. Yeah, I mean, some people are gonna talk about Eric B and, and whether or not, and and I can't I can't deny that. Eric Eric B. Definitely, it's weird that he hasn't gotten hired yet. But to this point, it's like you—you you just anyone but DA would have been better at this in this situation. Just call me. Trace says this was literally the best case scenario for Dennis Allen: have his best coaching season with a terrible division, and the motherfucker can't win five games, right? Like, I, like this was the year for DA. Like, Tom Brady and the Bucks are washed. The Panthers are actively losing games. The Falcons are. Honestly, probably I'm gonna be honest, I think the Falcons are the most consistent team in this division. Like the the Falcons know what they are and they stick to it. Unfortunately, they just don't have the talent really to to get over certain humps. But the rest of the division, your point, it's shit. And DA still can't figure it out. It's it's just stupid to me. It's just stupid to me. Just just stupid. Have you beaten God of War yet? I haven't started yet. I have to get it. I'm going to get it, though. My cousins rant and rave about it all the time. Um, I have to try it out. It looks ridiculously good. My fear is when I get it, I'm going to lose my social life. But that might not be a bad thing. So maybe I should get it. Maybe I should get it during this bye week now and fire it up. So I might do that. We'll, we'll see. Brian uh, Brian Flores told no lies. Thanks for keeping up the energy. This is, All right, look. The one thing I'm going to do, the one thing I'm going to do is keep it honest to how I feel that's the one thing I owe you guys and I'm gonna do so Jack says check out Shahid's latest tweet so I just actually saw so Jack DM me I saw the tweet he put out the angry emojis I'm gonna retweet it just to be an instigator why not um I I I feel bad for Shahid kid balled out did his thing Shahid's been in a weird spot right every time he gets the ball it's a big play and the Saints sit there and they're like big play for Shahid let's not give it to him for another two hours." Makes no fucking sense, but that's kind of the way it's gone. So, I think for this team, they're all. I think they're gonna check out. They, I didn't think they checked out tonight. I really didn't I think tonight they'll check out after this, and I can't blame them. Also, while I'm at it, just remember while you guys talk about coaches and DA and stuff, just remember that Dennis Allen got out coached by Matt Rule. Matt Rule is now the coach of Nebraska. Like that's that's the way this season's gone for DA. Like he got out coached by a guy that he's no longer in the pros. Kay Turner says, would Sean have Andy Dalton still as a starter? Y- you know, the one thing I'll say about Sean is I think Sean at some point would have went back to Jameis. And I, maybe it would have been after the Ravens game, I think. I think Sean would have went back to Jameis. But I do think Sean also probably would have benched Jameis when he was hurt and he wasn't playing well. Like, I think Sean knows what's best for the team. But I do think he would have went back to him. I just think the Jameis and, and DA thing, there's more to it. Someone or someone's do not, they just don't jive. It doesn't work. You can tell by the reaction. So for me, I think that's a big part of it. I really do. And I think that's also why he's not in, right? You know, that's, you know, you could look at the article with, with, uh, no football, which was awesome. By the way, they, they had a, they had a great, uh, article there for New Orleans, football and it, that could rub people the wrong way. It could like, that's the truth. So I think that was part of it. Uh, I really do think that was part of it. Colin Coward was right for once, said before this year he was concerned about DA's past coaching history. Isn't that the fucking worst? Uh when Colin Coward's right. That man's wrong about everything. Sports, politics, he's wrong about all of it. But he was right about DA. So that um that sure as hell did not work. That that that's just sad, right? When the worst person you know is right that meme that becomes a, a reality for the Saints. But here we are. Here we are. Brian says, what about Joe Lombardi the or the OC from Cincy? So for Joe Lombardi, the, so here's my worry about Joe Lombardi. Uh, thank you again, uh, Brian, for the super chat. Really appreciate it, my man. Um, the thing for Joe Lombardi that scares me is if they bring in Joe – does that not feel like another Sean Payton hire? I want the Saints to get out of the Sean Payton realm because as much as I love and respect Sean Payton, and I think Sean Payton's going to go to the Chargers, and he's going to freaking rock with Justin Herbert. And honestly, I'm going to be happy for him. Like, you deserve to go go over there with Justin Herbert and do your thing. Like, that that's all fun and dandy. Like, go for it. Joe Lombardi's a Sean guy, though. I don't want them to go back to that. As for the OC from Cincy, I think that might be an interesting one because... Brian Callahan for me is another guy who falls in that category of in his, in his thirties has been coaching for about a decade now. That's kind of what I like. Like I have a preference. We all have types, right? My type is the 30 year old offensive head coach who is really working up the ranks. That's my preference for a coach. And I, I think, especially in today's NFL, you want to have that younger offensive guy because if you get that right, and you get the quarterback right, you're looking at just gold for the next 10 years, maybe more. And even if you don't get the quarterback right, look at the 49ers. The 49ers, are, I mean, Brock Purdy started on Sunday, and they figured that shit out because Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. So I think for for Joe Lombardi, I'd probably be a no on that. As for Brian Callahan of the Bengals, I would definitely be more up for that. What I will say about Callahan, though, is similar that I said with Eric Bieniemy. When you go from Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow to Andy Dalton slash Jameis Winston, life's life's a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder, you know? Like if you're making a movie and and you got rock stars ready to go and all of a sudden they tell you you got to hire actors from the Hallmark Channel, it's going to be hard to put together an Oscar-worthy movie. But we'll see, man. I I would be – I think I'd be more down for Callahan than I would Joe Lombardi. They bring Joe Lombardi in, then all of a sudden you're like, is Mickey Loomis only going to hire people that are close to Sean Payton? That'd be a problem, Jackson says. Hold out for Caleb Williams. Can I tell you something, guys? I do not want to watch another season of the Saints losing. But if the Saints end up like losing so much last year that next year that they do get Caleb Williams, it would probably end up being worth the uh, aggravation and the depression of watching them suck for two years. Because I think Caleb Williams is that dude. I also think Drake May is that dude. Truthfully, I think Drake May is pretty damn good, but. I don't know. Are, are the Saints going to tank for a year? Like, I think there are, there's going to be teams that tank for Caleb Williams. Do the Saints want to be one of them? They got a lot of talent. It's going to be tough. Think about it. The Saints with a terrible coach have won four games this year. Imagine if they get rid of him and get a decent coach. They're going to win more than four games. And I think the team that gets Caleb Williams is probably going to finish two and 15, three and 14, or two, 14 and one, something stupid. So don't get me wrong. I think a cry tears of joy if Caleb Williams. Was the quarterback at Saints? I think Caleb's awesome. He could put fuck the Falcons on his fingernails or something, whatever he wants. But I just, I don't know. I don't. I just don't think it's gonna. Ha- I just don't think it's gonna happen. I really don't. It's it's tough. It really is tough. Let's see what else you guys have going on here. up uh, oh, Jackson asked Jim Harbaugh. Hey, look. I would love that, but why would Jim want to go to the Saints, right? If I'm Jim Harbaugh and I'm leaving Michigan, it has to be the best possible job because he has just beaten Ohio State two years in a row. He has just gone to the playoffs two years in a row. And let's be real. Michigan should beat TCU, which means he'll probably get to the national title game, which is another step in the right direction, which gives him more time, more leeway at Michigan at his alma mater. If he's going to come back to the NFL, it cannot be to the Saints, right? Like, where they don't have their quarterback figured out. They don't have a first-round pick. So to your point, though, Jackson, would I take Jim Harbaugh? Are you kidding me? I would be be fucking ecstatic. Go look at Jim Harbaugh's record everywhere he goes. Goes to Stanford, turns him into a winner. Goes to the 49ers, 13-3, and and 13-3, 13-3. Like, he just rattles off so many good years. Goes to Michigan. Now they're doing their thing. And, and who knows, maybe Michigan wins the national title this year. I'd probably go Georgia, but that's that's just, it's a possibility. Like, it's up for grabs. So, I would take Harbaugh in a heartbeat. Do I think it would happen, though? No. I, I just think it would make a lot more sense for him to probably, if he's going to go to the NFL, it's got it's got to be a job that's ready-made. Lou says, since this D, a season is a dumpster fire, in your opinion, which coach on the staff has been consistent in your opinion? For for me, I would say Doug Marone, just for what he's done with Ruiz. I would say two. I would say Doug Marone's been one, but I say the most important one would be Coach Hodges, the linebacker's coach. And the reason I say that is DeMario Davis is DeMario Davis, right? He just does whatever he wants because he is that dude, leadership-wise, skill-wise. Pete Warner has taken a huge jump in year two. That's that, I, that goes credit to Pete, but it's also credit to the coaching staff, right? Like, they get credit for when you do well. So that's a credit to him. But this is where I really give Coach Hodges the credit, right? Pete Werner goes down. Caden Ellis steps in. And now all of a sudden, we're talking about how Caden Ellis has to get snaps when Pete Werner comes back. That is the sign of your coach did a damn good job. When Pete Werner's down, the backup's in, the backup looks great. And now we're talking about how Caden Ellis is going to be a free agent and the Saints got to retain him. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to, I don't know if they're going to be able to, if they want to, but for me, Hodges would be the type of coach that I would give a lot of credit to. I'd also give credit to Coach Nielsen in terms of the pass rush with the defensive line It's really ramped up the last couple of weeks, but I expect a little bit more out of him. So it doesn't meet my standards. Whereas Hodges and Marone, I think they kind of did their thing. They they really did, in my opinion. Kai says, all you got to do is give whatever Coach has uh leaves his super uh for uh superstar quarterback or the new quarterback stuff should be the draft with Peyton. Uh well, well, here's the thing, real quick. So I get your point, Kai. So you're talking about you bring in the new coach. They got to take their quarterback, right? They Or they could just start over, whatever. I don't disagree with that. I think, though, for the Saints, like, it's a tougher sell for the big-name coaches. Like, for Harbaugh, it's a tougher sell. But for these younger coaches, maybe for bien maybe for Brian Callahan, maybe for Ben Johnson... I agree with you. I actually think you're right about that. Um, I just think it's tough for the big names, which maybe the Saints aren't going to be the big names and maybe they shouldn't. Maybe the Saints should go with a younger coach and try and start over again, you know? To Kyle's question, like, who would be my top three? I I would want Ben Johnson. That would be up there for me. Um, he would be on my list. I actually would have Frank Reich on my list, believe it or not. And and the reason I say that is I, I think Frank Reich got fucked by Indianapolis. Like, he was doing his thing and uh, Luck retires. They bring in Rivers. Rivers looks solid the first year. They make the playoffs. He retires. You bring in Wentz. Wentz doesn't work out. You bring in Matt Ryan. Turns out Matt Ryan's washed up. So much, He's kind of in a situation where the Saints are, right, where there's so much quarterback turnover where it's hard to win games consistently because of it. But I think for for them you know he he's not to blame if you watch the Colts this year and you still see them sucking do you feel like they got any better with firing Frank Reich I don't they're still a bad football team they just got waxed by the Cowboys so Frank Reich would be on my list and I would I said my three would be open I'd be open to the I'd be open to Callahan uh, I'd be open to them trying a young innovative coach I think the Eagles uh, offense coordinator has been a name that's been coming through the ranks so he'd be on my list um, I'm sure people will go through the Shanahan McVay coaching tree as they always do, not saying they do that. Uh and D'Amico Ryan's that would be if the Saints want to go defensive head coach again, I would say D'Amico, what he's done with the Niners. I don't think they will. I just think that it's it's someone who coaching wise has really, 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 really intrigued me. Jack says trade candidates from this team for next year. Um, let's we'll start off with the big one. I, I think. Alvin Kamara's got to be one of them. Uh, I hate to say it, but like, Alvin's one where you got to consider moving off of him. I think they got to get younger at running back anyway. My preference would be keeping Alvin with getting another running back via the draft, but you got to consider it anyway. Uh, as for another one, I see Demario Davis. If you bring back Caden Ellis and you want to go with Caden Ellis and Pete Werner and go younger, I think Demario Davis deserves a chance to play for a contender. You can send him away, and I would hate to see it, but like, I'm just trying to go off what's what's kind of realistic. He's got a very cheap salary. He's still super valuable. He gets a chance to play for contender. It's kind of like you, you would be benefiting both parties. You know, for me, that's kind of where I'd be at. Ryan says, does Hooker fall in the third slash fourth because of injury? If he does, the Saints should snag him. I think he falls to the second. That'd be my guess. Because it's an ACL injury and because it happened now, drafts in April, he'll be, I mean, he'll be, far ahead in his rehab by the time it's April. I would imagine teams will feel pretty good about whether or not they feel comfortable taking him as my eye starts to freak out on me. Um, but yeah, third and fourth, if he fell 1000%, uh, but I, I kind of think he goes in the second round. That would just kind of be me where I, I would say Habana says, also, I want to give Blake Gilkin some love. He really improved after such a disaster. First half of the season. Yep. Glad you mentioned that. See, that's another thing I had in my notes. I was talking about Blake Gillikin, how Blake Gillikin look great and special teams as a whole look great. And guess what? It's hard to really get into it because you lost in embarrassing fashion. So maybe maybe tomorrow I'll take some time to tweet what I want to tweet about whether or not I was excited about it. But it's it's tough, man. But I I'm glad you mentioned that because I do think that Blake Gilligan over the last three weeks punting inside the ten, punting inside the twenty, net yards per punt. All those are back to what he had last year, and the fact that he's getting there is a good sign. Like that makes me feel good about special teams a little bit, and the field position battle. Adam gaze. no, no, just just no. Kind of same with Byron Leftwich. I, I really wanted to like Byron Leftwich, and I actually thought Byron Lefwich should have got the Jags job. Like former Jags quarterback pairing with Trevor Lawrence really excites me. But for for Byron Leftwich, I'm like watching the the offense for the Bucks struggle this year, and I'm just like. Is it him? Is it Brady checked out? I don't know. So, like, I'm so afraid to make that leap that I would want to see him one more year. If he does well, then it's like, okay, Byron Leftwich is the guy. But to that point, if you, you don't have the luxury to wait one year, so you'd have to be able to make the gamble, and I just don't know if the Saints should make that gamble. But I, I do root for Byron Leftwich. admittedly. Like, I, I really like Byron Leftwich a lot. He seems like a great dude, uh, and I would want to see him have a lot of success. Who says, How do you feel about Grayson McCall? I've been hearing about him all season that we should take a chance on him. I understand you love Hooker, but could he, he he could be an intrigue guy? He could. Here's how I feel about McCall. I think A, he is a winner. Like, just go check what he's done at Coastal Carolina. He all he does is win. The more important thing for him is he doesn't have a lot of turnovers, like at all. Like he does not turn over the football. A lot of experience. My thing about Grayson, though, it's the physical limitations. I, I think there are physical limitations there. That's what scares me. But I think Grayson is a pretty solid player, and I think if the Saints took him on day three, I would be up for it. I would be up for it. I, you, the Saints can't take a quarterback and and me get mad over it. That, it's not gonna work that way. The only time I got mad with the Ian Book thing was because I watched Ian Book at Notre Dame, and I just I never saw it. I never saw it. So that's where I got frustrated. But even Ian Book, the Saints drafted him, and I gave him a clean sheet, and I was like, let's let's go to work. Let's see what you could do. And he just never got better. So. I would be okay with them taking a chance on Grayson McCall. My my expectations for him just would not be great. That's that's what I would say. So I see you guys are talking about it in the chat saying NFL memes fuck the Saints. Now I have to search it up. Now I just have to. <sighs> oh yeah. Yeah. Blew that. Falcons jokes. That's lovely, right? That is just lovely. That's what it's come down to. All right, guys, so it is approaching midnight for people's central time, past midnight on the East Coast. How about this? Let's do five more questions, and then we'll wrap it up. Five more questions or five more predictions slash comments, and then we'll wrap it up because that's where I want to leave it at. I'm going to pull up two that don't count towards the five, and then we're doing five and we're out. So I'll pick up this one. I just don't think a guy who's won at Coastal Carolina will be ready to win the NFL. I would say that's fair, but for me, where you play isn't a concern to me as much as how do you look playing it, right? Like Josh Allen, Wyoming, it's like fucking Wyoming, but like he's a big dude. Or Trey Lance at North Dakota State, you're like, eh, it's North Dakota State, but you look at his his stature and you're like, okay, that's a prospect. So for me, it's not so much Coastal Carolina that bothers me as much as like when I see McCall, does he have the arm? Not necessarily. Does he have the athleticism? Eh, it's average. So those would be my concerns about McCall, not so much the Coastal Carolina thing. Kyle says, man, if Davis is gone, I'm going to be sad. What about Cam Jordan? I don't know. I think Cam Jordan deserves to go play for a Super Bowl champ. But selfishly, I'd like to see him retire as a member of the Saints. That's a mixed bag, man. It's a mixed bag. It's tough when you make these decisions. Max says, final season record prediction. Uh, all right, so let's get... Ugh, fuck, man. Ugh. I know this team's gonna piss us off. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six and eleven. I'm gonna, You know why I'm gonna go six and eleven? I'm gonna go six and eleven because we know how this team operates. They can't just sit down, roll over, and die when the season's already over and just accept that they stink and they got to fire their coach. What they'll do is they're gonna they're gonna get to six. I'm gonna say they. I don't know, man. I'll put it this way the Falcons game will determine it. I think the Saints are gonna win their season finale against the Panthers. I think they're gonna to lose to the Eagles. I think they're gonna to lose to the Browns. So I think for me, that Falcons game is a determining one. Do they finish six and eleven? Do they finish five and twelve? Five and twelve. I think DA's definitely fired. Six and eleven. All of a sudden, we got the Saints trying to convince themselves that DA deserves another year and he does not. So I really hope it's it's the the former. But well, we'll see, man. I will say six and eleven though, because I know the Saints make things complicated. And six and eleven would make things a lot more complicated than five and twelve. So for that reason, I'm out. No, no. For, but for that reason, I'm going uh with six and eleven. Hell Mendoza says, honestly, should we uh should we look at moving MT? Yeah. Yeah, they should. I'll be truthful with you guys. You guys know I love Michael Thomas, but like. Michael Thomas does not – I do not think he wants to be on the Saints anymore. I think the Saints are ready to get over this thing. I think there's bad blood between both sides at this point. I think that he feels like they did him wrong. They probably feel like he's done them wrong. You just can't – it's very hard to be in a toxic relationship for so long, and the Saints have done it for a while, but I I just don't know. As for people asking who's going to take – if you're asking who's going to take him, if, if you're – I'll kind of add this, who's going to take him, that's the question – I don't know, but like we all watched the beginning of the season. First three games, he looked like Michael Thomas. So I think if you're another team, what you want is for the Saints to cut him. I I don't know if a team wants to trade him, right? Because you got to trade him and then you got to restructure his deal. And it's like, that's a little bit more complicated. Whereas if a team cuts him post June first, you got the clean slate. You get to decide what you want to sign him to. You get to set the terms. And I think teams rather do that. But... As for who's going to sign him, I think a team like the Packers make a lot of sense. They need a wide receiver. I think the teams like the Giants make a lot of sense. They need a wide receiver. I think the Jaguars make a lot of sense. Um, They're a team that needs more wide receiver help. They want to build. I would say a team like the Colts, they're always looking for talent, especially veteran talent. They would be someone. I would say even the Chiefs. I I would say even the Chiefs would be a team that would be interested in him. I think a lot of teams... If Michael Thomas was released by the Saints, would be interested in him because it'd be a one-year deal. You wouldn't be making the commitment. And I see some people saying, well, cutting MT would be crazy. I am not denying that. But I also think that the Saints got to get off of him. And I don't know if they could trade him. I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. And I also don't think they should bring him back at this point. As much as I want to see Michael Thomas shine, I want to see Michael Thomas with Chris Olave. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. And they there's bad blood, man. And I, I, I'm i not saying this to be like an ass. Like, unfortunately, I know I've heard things from what goes on behind the scenes. Like, there there is animosity there. There, there, there isn't just the, the tweets where it's shade. Like, there there is bad blood. There's reasoning for the shade that's being done on Twitter. And... I love, again, I love MT. I think MT is fucking awesome. I really do. One of my favorite Saints players to watch over the last 10 years. But the time has come. It's time to go. That's the painful reality. Um, I saw real quick. My guy, Lob City, said something about comments I didn't see. So let me get to one of them that he sent before. Saints DB's PI are at the worst possible time. Been going on for years. I have PTSD at the end of the game. Mrs. B needs to cut a settlement check. Well, first off, my man, I hope she does cut you that settlement check. I hope you get a good pack a severance package from that. Um, but as for the PIs, you are right, right? It feels like even in a game like tonight, where the Saints kind of play clean football for most of it, when you make that PI mistake, guess what? It happens in a crucial moment, happens at the end of the game, and it's pretty frustrating. But that's kind of what happens, right? That's that's the that's the name of the game for the Saints. And it, it's pretty it is pretty frustrating. Madden says, MT still loves the team, but he hates the organization. Yeah, look, I'm not going to use the word hate. It, it is a strong it is a strong word. I do not think he dislikes his teammates. I still think he loves his teammates. But it's, he feels like they did him wrong. They feel like he did them wrong. And they, they, those those egos clash. And nobody wins when the family feuds. And the family's been feuding for about a year now. Helmendoza says, that's another thing that needs to be addressed. Our medical and conditioning, because what the fuck? I would say... The medical staff this year hasn't bothered me as much in the sense that the injuries the Saints have gotten are like fluke injuries, right? You can't prevent certain things that they've had. What really bothers me about the Saints, though, what are they doing with timelines? Marshawn Lattimore has been out since October 9th. You've been stringing us along for two months that he's going to play and he hasn't played. That's just weird to me. Jarvis Landry. Stringing it along for five games didn't put him on IR. Michael Thomas didn't go on IR initially. So the Saints have been really bad at that, really bad. And maybe that's on the, condition, on the conditioning aspect. The medical part, I, it's hard to get mad, right, when someone sprains their ankle or gets turf toe because like, those are unavoidable things. If everyone starts pulling their hammies, that's where you're like, okay, medical staff, figure it out. But the misdiagnosis, I guess that does fall on the medical staff, but the timelines, like, is that coaching staff? Is that conditioning? Who is responsible for the Saints not having the right timelines? That's the question that I have when we talk about injuries. Jamie Doyle says, Dennis Allen should be fired now. Um, He's blaming, Keep losing him. Please do something about it. I'm not watching my team uh, lose this guy. Um, yeah, look, I'm with you, Jamie. I, I think he should be fired. I would have fired him tonight. I would have said... You're flying elsewhere, sir, because it's not back to New Orleans, but that's not the case. So it really, it really is frustrating. Kyle says, I wonder if Deontay uh, Hardy finds a way back in the lineup, even as returner was Rashid. I don't think he's gonna be on this team next year. If I'm being honest with you, I just don't, uh, it's unfortunate, but I, I don't, I don't think he'll be on the team next year. And i wish Deontay well. I've I've um I've had a couple of conversations with Deontay since his rookie year. And Deontay was also always pretty chill with me. Um, and like I would hit him up to come on the podcast and he would do it. And It was very friendly. But I I just I think he's also run his course with this organization, and that's fine. Like they brought in Rasheed to replace him. So it, it is what it is. Junior says, I'm not a Saints fan, but how the fuck did Jameis lose his job to Dalton? Well, I mean, for starters, he was injured. And he played through the injuries and he didn't play well. And the rule is if you're going to play through the injuries, you are subject to that criticism. It's unfair, but like that's the life of the NFL. Didn't play well. Dalton came in, gave him the calming presence. And look, I crack jokes about Dalton. We all crack jokes about Dalton. Whether it's Dalton, whether it's Jameis, it doesn't really matter. Like it, it really doesn't matter because the Saints are poorly coached. The Saints make stupid mistakes. The Saints find ways to lose games. And think about it tonight, Dalton played well. The Saints lost. I, you know, the Saints this year have only won games twice where I thought they looked well coached the Rams game and the Raiders game, the Falcons game week one, in the offense went nuclear in the fourth quarter and the Seahawks game. Taysom Hill put the team on his back. That's, that's the truth. You know, that's the truth. So that's kind of where I'm at with this. Thank you, Chris, for suffering with us every week. Hey, I love you guys, man. I'll, I'll suffer with you guys any week. Although it's not really suffering because of you guys. And I truly mean that. Like this, this is what we've been recording for an hour and a half. It's been a blast. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I am going to log off in about a minute. So if you guys have any more comments you want me to get through, I'll try to get through them. But um, you guys really do make it a lot easier for me. And I, I mean this a shit ton. SBM says, what about Jaden Daniels? If he goes pro. I don't know, man. I like Jaden Daniels a lot. Dual threat. tough as hell, man. Super adaptable. It's not easy to change programs and figure it out quickly, but he has uh, my knock on Jaden Daniels though, is I just don't know if he's going to translate well to the pros. Like I don't, in terms of making the right throws, I I just don't know. Oh boy. So someone said, please check Adam. She-. Is it please check Adam Schefter uh, tweet? I'm guessing it's this one. Tom Brady was 0-37 in the regular season and 1-43 in the playoffs when trailing by at least 13 points in the fourth quarter of his career with the only win coming in the Super Bowl versus the Falcons until Monday night versus the... (sighs) Gotta be fucking shitting me. Why'd you make me read that goddamn tweet? Why'd you gotta make me read that tweet, damn it. That's tough. That's tough. Really is tough. Sweet things Jaden can't win the NFL level. I kind of feel the same, if I'm being honest. I root. I root for him, but kind of feel the same. And Mendoza says that Raiders game was uh, still baffles me. Feels like it was a a fever dream. Yep. It it really does. Right. Because they played well on both sides of the ball dominant. And we're like, this is what the Saints are supposed to look like. And Dennis Allen said, bitch, you thought this is what we look like. And they're four and nine. And that's kind of where they're at. Um, But anyway, guys, it is late. I got work in the morning. I bet you guys got work in the morning. And I know we're all going to be in shitty moods because the way this team lost. So I will wrap it up here. I see Fred just mentioned that the Saints are 0-2 with the alternate helmets. That is bad, Juju. I'm pretty pissed about that. How do you guys feel about the new helmets, man? I don't don't know. I don't feel good about that. You mentioned 0-2. It's like the anti-color rush. Anti-color rush. Color rush used to be an automatic win. Now you put them with those black helmets, and now it's an automatic loss. That's tough. That's tough. But anyway, guys, like I said, I'm going to wrap it up. Much love to all of you guys. Really hope you guys had a great night. Um, In terms of the live stream, not with the Saints game. I know you guys didn't have a great night there. I know I didn't have a great night, so I thought you guys had a great night. But anyway, you guys were awesome. I appreciate the comments. Appreciate the super chats. Appreciate the love, the support, everything. Uh, You guys make this job a lot easier for me and also makes me want to record more and more and more, which I will do. So go, Pels. I see someone just wrote in the chat, so go, Pels. Absolutely. I would usually finish this by saying I want the Saints or let's hope the Saints turn around. But no, we'll finish this with one thing. Fire Dennis Allen. Got the message? Relay the message? Stick to the message. We'll see what happens. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Have a good night. I'll be back here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. The destination for the That Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.